A reading from Deuteronomy. When Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them, I am now 120 years old. I am no longer able to get about, and the Lord has told me, You shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over before you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua will also cross over before you, as the Lord promised. The Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, and you shall deal with them in full accord with the command that I have given to you. Be strong and bold. Have no fear or dread of them, because it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail or for, fail you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and bold, for you are the one who will go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn their ancestors to give them, and you will put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. The word of God for the people of God. So one Sunday morning, preacher Bob decided to shake things up a bit. He wanted to get his, his congregation thinking about eternal things. He wanted to get his church thinking about life and death and the legacy that we leave behind us. And so at the beginning of the sermon, he had the ushers pass out pencils and, and sheets of paper. And then he gave the people in the church an assignment. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine that it's the day of your funeral. I want you to imagine that all of your loved ones, your friends and your family are gathered around your casket and they're talking about you. They're talking about your life. They're talking about the things that you did. They're talking about their memories of you. What do you hope people are saying in that moment, Preacher Bob said? What do you want people to remember about you? What legacy do you want to leave behind? Think about that, he said, and then I want you to write down on that sheet of paper the things that you hope people will say about you in that moment on that day. And so people started writing. Preacher Bob gave people a couple of minutes to, to think and work on their assignment. And as he looked around the church, he saw that it was going really well. Everybody was taking this assignment seriously. Some people were, were scribbling furiously on their sheet of paper. Some people were a little bit more thoughtful. They would think a bit and write a bit and think a bit and write a bit. Preacher Bob looked around and he saw that, that it was going really well. Everybody was participating, it seemed. But then he noticed Wally. Way in the back of the church, all the way off in the amen corner, there sat a man named Wally. Everybody in the church called him Old Wally. Wally was the, the oldest member in the congregation. He was so old, nobody, nobody knew how old he was. And when Preacher Bob looked back in the corner at Wally, he saw that Wally wasn't writing on his paper. In fact, Wally had just folded his hands in his lap and leaned back his head and closed his eyes. And Wally was, was taking a little nap there in the back pew. Preacher Bob gave people a couple more minutes to finish writing, and then he started walking around the church with a microphone, and he asked people to stand up and, and share what they had written on their sheet of paper. And, and most of the people said the same sorts of things. You know, a lot of the men said, well, I hope that people will, will say that I was honest and that I was a hard worker and I provided for my family. A lot of the women said, I hope that, that people will remember how much I loved them and the good times that we had together. And as he walked around and as people got up and stood, Preacher Bob noticed that Wally was still taking a nap. He was snoozing back there in the back pew. And that irritated Preacher Bob. 
He felt like if anybody ought to be taking this assignment seriously, it ought to be Wally, because honestly, how many more years on earth could Wally probably have? And, and finally, it irritated Preacher Bob so much that he decided to put Wally on the spot. And so he called back to the corner. He said, Wally, what about you? What do you hope people say about you on, on the day of your funeral? And Wally stirred back there in the pew. He opened his eyes and he smiled and he said, Well, preacher, he said, that's an easy question to answer. I didn't have to think very long about that at all. And preacher Bob said, Well, Wally, why don't you enlighten all of us? Share your wisdom with us. It's the day of your funeral. Everybody who loves you is gathered around your casket. They're looking down at your mortal remains and they're talking about you. What is it that you want people to say? What do you hope people hear in that moment? And old Wally, he said, Well, preacher, in that moment, there's really just one thing that I hope that people say. I hope that they look down at me on that day and they say, Hey, look, Wally's still moving. It's a dumb joke, right? It's a dumb, it's a dumb joke. I know, I know. But it's a, it's a dumb joke that asks a good question, right? What, what is it that you hope people remember about you? What do you want people to say on the day of your funeral? Every one of us, every one of us will one day be the guest of honor at a funeral. What legacy do you want to leave behind? You know, people used to spend a lot of time thinking about that question, particularly Methodists. You know, John Wesley, one of the, the founders of the Methodist movement, he used to, used to spend a lot of time talking about death, even studying death. John Wesley, when he, he heard that some Methodist was on their deathbed, he would drop everything that he was doing. And he would hurry to that person's home, and he would set himself up there by the, the side of the bed. And then he would pray with that person, and he would talk to that person, and he would take notes. He would record everything that happened as that person went through the process of, of dying. John Wesley used to say, in those moments, we teach each other. He said, I teach them how to die, and, and they also teach me how to die. And in all of those, those moments by the side of deathbeds, John Wesley learned a couple things about what it means to die a good death. There were a couple things that he noticed. You know, the first thing he noticed is that the people who die the best, the people who die really well, tend to be those people who have prepared themselves for the moment of death. The people who die the best, John Wesley noticed, seem to be the people who many years before the moment of death finally comes have already made their peace with the fact that we won't live forever in this world. We can't take it all with us, and so we need to make some decisions about what, what is truly important in this world. John Wesley noticed that the people who took the time to think about death, to accept the reality of death, and to prepare themselves for death, they tended to die well. But he also noticed that there were people who didn't die well. He noticed that there were some people who had spent their entire lives ignoring the reality of death. He noticed that there were some people who seemed to pretend that death is something that happens to everybody else, but maybe it wouldn't happen to them. He noticed that there are some people who never wrapped their minds around the fact that the death rate is what it always has been, exactly one per person. And he noticed that those people, the people who went through life pretending that they would never die, those people didn't die well. They died filled with bitterness and resentment and anger as if death had somehow caught them by surprise. Wesley noticed these things, and so he started teaching, teaching his Methodists to prepare themselves for death. John Wesley would say, take a moment to, to realize that you won't be forever in this world. Think about what that means. He said, prepare yourself for the moment of death. Ignoring, ignoring death won't make it come for you a single moment later. So take the time to prepare yourself for death, he said. 
John Wesley noticed something else at the side of all of those deathbeds. He noticed that over and over again, he noticed that people die in exactly the same way as they live. He would write this about Methodists who had, had died. He would write, she died as she lived. What John Wesley noticed is that people who live angry lives tend to die angry deaths. He noticed that people who live hesitant and fearful lives tend to die hesitant and fearful deaths. He noticed that people who live their lives filled with faith and trusting in God tend to, in the moment of dying, be filled with faith and trust in God. He noticed that people who lived lives that were filled with the love of God tended to end their moments in this world with words of love dripping off their lips. John Wesley noticed that people tend to, to die in exactly the same way that they live. And so he shared this with this Methodist. He said, to the Methodists, if you want to prepare yourself for the moment of death, here's how you do it. Shape the way in which you live. Be intentional about spending the moments that you have in this earth. Decide which things are most important to you. Live, live a godly life each day. Live your life in the knowledge that God is walking beside you. Live a life of faith and hope and love, and you will die a death of faith and hope and love. The way we shape our deaths is by shaping our lives, John Wesley taught the Methodists. And he would preach these things. He would teach the Methodists these things. And as he did, something remarkable happened. People started to notice that the Methodists died differently than other people died. There was one doctor who had treated several Methodists, and he, he wrote to a friend, he wrote, I've never seen anything like these Methodists. He said, most people, when they realize that the moment of death is coming for them, most people are terrified. He said, but these Methodists, they're not afraid at all. He said, these Methodists are calm and patient and resigned right up to the very end. You know, the early Methodists, they believed that in the moment of our dying, we have this, this amazing uh, opportunity to share with the world, to witness to our faith in God, to point the world towards our trust and towards the love of God that is in our lives and, and in this world. They believed that in our death, we can witness just as we witness in our lives. Moses also believed that. In this morning's scripture reading, we have a passage from the book of Deuteronomy. And the book of Deuteronomy tells the story of the, the death of the prophet Moses. You know, at this point in the Bible story, Moses is an old man, and he's tired, and he's worn out. Moses has seen a lot of things. He's done a lot of things in his life. And when Moses was still just a relatively young man, when he was only 80 years old, God spoke to Moses, and God said, Moses, there's something I need you to do. I need you to lead my people out of slavery in the land of Egypt. And so Moses led God's people out of slavery in the land of Egypt. And Moses led God's people out into the wilderness. Moses led God's people through the wilderness all the way up to the River Jordan, all the way to the border of the promised land. And then God stopped them there, and they looked across the river, and God said, on the other side of that river, there is a place that I have prepared for you. There is a land that is dripping with milk and honey. There is a land that you can call your own, a place that you can finally call home and be free. And so the people looked across the river. They looked into that land. But in that moment, as they looked across the river into a land that they did not know, the people of God were afraid. They said, what's over there? What if there are people over there who are bigger than us? What if there are people over there who are, are scary and they don't want us to come across the river to live among them? What if they attack us? What if they hurt us? Maybe we should go back to Egypt, the people said. Maybe if we turn around right now and ask nicely, Pharaoh will we'll take us all back. And God heard the things that the people said, and God saw the fear that was in their hearts. And God said to Moses, you know what, I can see that my people are not ready to go into this land that I have prepared for them. I can see that they've still got too much fear in them. 
I can see that they've still got too much Egypt in them. They need to spend some time preparing themselves to enter into this land. They need to spend some more time in the wilderness. So Moses, I want you to turn my people around and walk back into the wilderness and just spend some more time in the wilderness until my people are ready to cross over. And so Moses turned around and led the people back into the wilderness. And then for years, Moses and God's people just walked around in circles in the wilderness. And those were long and difficult and dangerous years. They were attacked by enemies. They were attacked by wild animals. They suffered famine and and plagues. And over and over again, Moses had to bury his friends out there in the wilderness. Over and over, Moses said goodbye to the people who had come with him out of the land of Egypt. He buried his friends there in the wilderness until hardly any of his friends were left. Almost everyone who had left Egypt with Moses was buried out there in the wilderness. A whole new generation had risen up to take their place. And then finally, after 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness, one morning God spoke to Moses, and God said, Okay, the time has come, Moses. My people are ready. It's time for my people to cross over the river and go into this land that I have prepared for them. It's time for my people to go and make their home in the promised land. And when Moses heard that, he felt energy rushing and flowing through his body like he hadn't felt since he was 80 years old. Moses felt new life in his lungs, new life in his legs. He sprang up and he said, okay, God, let's do this. Let's lead your people across the river into the promised land. And God said, Moses, hold up a minute. There's something I got to tell you. There's something difficult that I need to say to you. And God said, Moses, you have done a good job of leading my people through the wilderness. You've been my faithful servant for many years, and I am so pleased with the work that you have done. But Moses, now you are are old. You're 120 years old, and the time has come for you to rest. The time has come for you to pass the baton to the next generation. Moses, I am going to lead my people across the river. They're going to enter the promised land. But you, Moses, you will not lead my people across the river. You will not enter the promised land. When he heard that, Moses was angry. He was brokenhearted. He was so angry and brokenhearted that he started to push back against God. He said, wait a minute, what do you mean I'm not going to get to go into the promised land? After 40 years of leading your people in circles around the wilderness, after 40 years of being attacked by our enemies, attacked by wild animals, after 40 years of famine and plagues, you mean to tell me that I'm not going to get to set foot in this land that we have been walking towards for 40 years? God, just let me walk across the river once. Just let me once stand on my own two feet in this place that you have prepared for us. Just let me get a little taste of that land of milk and honey before I leave this world. And God said, Moses, here's the best I can do for you. Climb that mountain over there. At the top of that mountain, you'll be able to see for miles and miles. At the top of that mountain, you'll be able to see all the way into the land that I have prepared for my people. If you want to see that land, Moses, climb the mountain. And so Moses climbed the mountain. When he got to the top of the mountain, he looked out over, over the land that God had prepared for the people. He took a good, long look. He soaked it all in. And then Moses turned around, and he made his way down the mountain. And as Moses is walking down the mountain, he begins thinking about his legacy. He begins thinking about how he wants to meet death. He begins thinking about the very last words he wants to speak to God's people. 
And by the time he gets to the bottom of the mountain, he knows exactly what he wants to say. He calls all God's people together, and they gather around Moses. They sit at his feet, and then Moses begins speaking to the people. The words that he speaks to God's people in that moment are, are recorded in the book of Deuteronomy. Moses starts by telling stories of old times. Moses tells the people about the time that God sent plagues upon Pharaoh. Moses tells the people about the time that God parted the waters so they could walk out of the land of Egypt. Moses tells the people about all of the moments in which God saved them and cared for them as they were wandering through the wilderness. He tells them stories of things that happened long before most of them were born so that they would remember those stories and keep those stories alive. And then Moses begins to speak to the people about the ways of God. He says, never forget, never forget to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And in this land that God is about to lead you into, remember to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Remember to care for widows and orphans and strangers. If you do these things, Moses says, it will go well for you in this new and promised land. If you do these things, then you will have prosperity and you will have peace. And then Moses says, if you fail... If you turn away from God, if you stumble, if you fall, you will discover that God is gracious and filled with mercy. And the moment you turn back to God, the moment you repent and make your way back to God, you will find that God is full of forgiveness and God has been waiting for you. And no matter how many times you walk away from God, God will never walk away from you. Moses says all these things to God's people there at the bottom of the mountain. And then there's a moment when Moses pauses and you can see that he's gathering himself. He's trying to figure out what is the very last thing I want to say to these people before my time on earth is ended. And then finally Moses begins to speak. And he speaks the words that we read in this morning's scripture reading. Moses looks at the people and he says, I'm old. He says, I am 120 years old and I am tired and the time has come for someone else to lead you. Moses says, you are going to go across the river. You are going to enter into the promised land, but I am not going to go across the river. I'm not going to enter into the promised land. Moses says, I will not go with you, but God will go with you. So be strong and be bold. God will never fail you and God will never forsake you. So be strong and be bold, Moses says. God will go before you. God will walk beside you. God will drive your enemies out of your way and give you a pleasant place to call your own. So be strong and be bold, Moses says. And then Moses dies. And they bury him there in the wilderness. And the people pick up their tents and they start walking. They cross over the river. They go into the promised land. They leave Moses behind in the wilderness with all of his friends. But they never forget the life of Moses they never forget the words of Moses. They never forget the legacy of Moses. They never forget that Moses died as he lived. He died trusting that God would care for him. And he died trusting that God would care for his people long after Moses was gone. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us the wisdom of a John Wesley. God, we pray that you would help us to prepare ourselves for the moment of death, even now. God, we pray that you would help us to live as people who know that we are going to die and die as people who know that we are going to live. God, we pray that you would give us the faith of Moses in our final moments on earth. God, we pray that when we finally rest in your presence, we would rest 
knowing that you will care for us, you will care for the people whom we love, and that our legacy will live on long after we are gone. All these things we pray in Jesus. Amen.